Oh, I need some aliens. Mm. Gotta be some aliens out there. Gotta be some decent podcasts on, on aliens. Gotta have my, my daily fix of aliens. Hey, hey, what's this? It, weird, wacky, wonderful podcast with Bella and Shelly. Well, not about you, but that sure sounds like some aliens to me. <laughs> Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 61 of the Weird, Waggy, and Wonderful Stories podcast. <coughs> <coughs> I tried. <laughs> episode 61, ladies and gentlemen, of the Weird, Waggy, Wonderful Stories podcast. Yay! Yeah. Just in case you're wondering, that was supposed to be an impression of an alien. No, it wasn't. Well, what was it then? I don't know, it's just a monster. It's what Bryce sounds like this morning because he's got a bad throat. Too true, too true. Stay tuned for a little bit later on, by the way, where we will be announcing the winner of the prize draw for the Haunted Yorkshire book by Nick Tyler. So, anyway, somebody asked for aliens, so we're going to try to give him a little bit of alien. Yes. No, that sounds so wrong, doesn't it? I know, yeah. We're <laughs> going to give him some alien punani. <laughs> now, before we do that, I just want to say welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to us here at the Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, as you know, we usually interview people a lot and all that sort of stuff. We're actually going to do something a little bit different because we've been toying with the idea of doing shows where there's a little bit of news and there's a little bit of trivia and all that sort of stuff and a little bit of fun going on. So we're going to do that for you today as a little bit of an extra. And we may start slotting some of these in as well as the other sort of stuff that we're doing. So with that said, Bella, I will allow you to go back to where you were a minute ago and tell us all about this alien thing that you're talking about. You want me to go back to the part where I said I was going to give somebody a little bit of alien? You give him all the alien you want. I, I know <laughs> this guy personally, the one who did that intro, which, by the way, thank you very much for that. That was Andy Morgan from Somerset. And yes, he is quite talented when it comes to the old voice arts. Well, we'll have to keep that in mind. Right. Well, so... are you going to replace me? Mm-mm. No, wouldn't ever. Yeah, okay, you're being a little bit too flipping. Uh... <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Wouldn't replace you. A little less sarcasm would have been nice. So on CNN, which is supposed to be a reputable news site, it has finally happened that the U.S. Navy actually says that there are UFOs. Well, it's not the first time, is it? And they've actually released a little bit of footage, although not much. But still, problem is... They still just won't call it a UFO. Nope, it, they're calling it an unidentified aerial phenomena, or a UAP. That's the new phrase everyone's using. Even people within the UFO community are now using UAP instead. Great, so where the hell have I been? <laughs> you need to listen to a few more podcasts. Well, I like ours so much I don't need to listen to any other ones. You don't even listen to ours. That's because I make them. Yeah, I know. Anyway, if you go onto the CNN website, you can see some of these images and some of the footage. But I do think it's interesting. They've now decided that they can declassify a lot of this stuff so that they can use them when they're training pilots. 
I suppose they can't come up with their own sort of like diversion or or something. So now they've decided to. If you can't beat them, join them. Like the Area 51 thing, you know, they weren't just going to let those people in, were they? In fact, it happened last night, didn't it? Wasn't it last night this happened? Absolutely amazing. So of all of the people that responded to this, there was about 200 or just under 200 people that actually turned up. And of those 200 people, (laughs) most of them peacefully left after there were heated warnings from police. But you know what? President Trump would say it was a very, very big crowd. Very big. Yeah. Well. Anyway, moving on. Well, no, I was going (laughs) to say, if any president, if any American president would actually come out and say, okay, guys, hands up, you know, there is something going on with UFOs, I reckon it would be Trump. I don't think that he would be swayed by whether a president should or shouldn't come out with it or whatever he would just if it was something that he wanted to tell people i reckon he would tell them well yeah because he's got no filter okay okay well there is a clip of him saying that he personally doesn't believe in aliens or ufos or whatever but people have said that they've seen them so yeah and he said pilots who are some of the best pilots in the world in his words yeah they would be able to see them yeah So maybe he is getting ready to come out and say something. Who knows? Well, I don't know. He did say we'll find out soon, so maybe yeah, he's exactly. got maybe he has got something. <laughs> well, Trump- you, n- you never can tell with him, can you? No. Okay then. Mr. President Donald Trump, if you're listening to this, we are ready for you. We're ready for you to come out and tell us. Anyway, let's keep on the old space theme on stuff while we're at it. And have you ever heard of a planet called k218b no but it sort of sounds like you know marvin the martian his little weapon and all that no what was that called uh, i don't know the illudium something something space modulator or something like that <laughs> how is that anything like k218b i don't know it just reminded me of that that's all did you ever do those things in school where they show you a shape and they say what's that what kind of things did you come out with it's a psychological test isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Rorschach test, the ink blot test. Yeah, so anyone would normally see like a butterfly or something. What would it be you'd see? I don't know. Well, <laughs> alien ass. It'd be like on Dexter with his blood splatter things. It probably wouldn't be anything good that I would see. Yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, K218b is a plausible candidate in terms of a planet to support alien life. Because there is a lead scientist that has come out with these findings, and the lead scientist's name is Professor Giovanna Tinetti. Now, she is at the University College of London, and she's described her discovery as mind-blowing. I don't know why it's mind-blowing, because apparently this planet is... It's the first time they've detected water, basically, on a planet within the habitable zone around a star, where the temperature is obviously compatible with life, if you like. Is it, like, compatible with our life? Well, see, this is the thing, because it says here another issue is that astronomers can't agree what conditions are needed for habitability. We only have Earth to go on, but life may also be possible on other types of worlds, because we're just looking at carbon-based life that breeds oxygen, expels carbon dioxide, etc., etc. Exactly, so... So who knows? Um, She said that it's mind-blowing. Now, again... I'm not a scientist, as we know. 
I don't <laughs> think it's mind-blowing to know that there's billions and billions and billions of stars out there with billions and billions of planets surrounding them and all the rest of it to think that there might be another planet that supports life. And I think that if you think for one second that Earth is the only place in everywhere... That in could, everywhere. Well, no, in everywhere that <laughs> yeah. could create or, or support life, then you're a bit conceited, in my opinion. Well, maybe, but the thing is, right, you can be conceited, but the thing is, it's like when we were just talking about the Navy saying, okay, yeah, all right, there are unidentified things flying through the air. Unidentified right? aerial phenomena. Yeah, yeah, that. So it took them how long? To just admit that there are things up there, and, and they're still probably not saying that they're coming from, you know, some other planet or whatever. I mean, it, yeah, it could it, be the Russians, yeah, as, as I mean, far it, as they're concerned. It could be anything. But and that's why they're now using UAP because if they say UFO, people immediately assume that it is a spaceship, whereas UFO. You know, if you break down the words unidentified flying object, it's no different from unidentified aerial phenomena. Oh, no, it just sounds more it, technical. It's just <laughs> that they've broken away from something that immediately screams aliens. Yeah, that, but, That's the only reason why they've changed the wording. Yeah, but UFO didn't used to mean probably what it means today either. It's morphed into... Exactly. Yeah. But anyway... But so have buns. The thing is, I don't necessarily think it's mind-blowing, but... I mean, 200 people did go to Area 51, so there are going to be people that are going to be like, oh, my God, you know, who are building their bunkers now and preparing everything because this woman has found someplace that might support life. Well, worst part is some people probably be packing suitcases so they can get in the line to go there. But <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, we're talking about two different things now because we're talking about the Area 51 thing and this planet, but... As far as this planet is concerned, yeah, I don't personally see it as mind-blowing. I'm happy that we've suddenly got now a professor at a respected university that is coming out and saying, okay, we found something, there might actually be something to all of this. Maybe we'll start to get funding now, proper funding, so that proper universities and proper scientists can start looking into some of these accounts that people are giving them of actually seeing things. Because if there is a planet... I was going to say in our neighbourhood, but it's not really in our neighbourhood. No, because it's outside of our... Well, it's 111 light years away, which is around 650 million, million miles from Earth. Million, million. So it's not million. down the road. Million, million. Yeah, 650 wow. million, million miles. So, yeah, it's not down the road. But, again, we don't know whether this life on another planet, if there is such a thing, is going to be a lot more advanced than us. I mean, it could be further back than us for all we know. Yeah, but you know what's scary? If there's a planet that is supporting life that is not like ours, then they could come here or go and investigate these things. Like when they went to the moon. You didn't know what was on the moon. They could have came back and wiped out the whole entire human race with some weird virus or pathogen or whatever that we don't have on Earth. Yeah, definitely. And then, so, yeah. And we're all screwing with antibiotics, so it's going to really fuck us over. I also, you know, I also read an article this morning that was talking about hotels now that they want to build just past Earth's atmosphere into space. That's like the new thing. They want to try to do that so that people can actually go to this hotel. Wouldn't it suck if you went all the way to that hotel and you didn't have a room with a view? (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> that would be us. Could we have an economy ticket, please? And then we're in like a closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you mean there's no pool? Where the fuck are we going to put it? That would be pretty awesome, though, if you think about it. Let's go on vacation. Let's go to space. I mean, yeah. Disney, done. Yeah, well, you know what? It could be Disneyland could be one of the places that does yeah. it first. But still, you say to your kids, do you want to go to see, oh, I don't know, what do they got there? Mickey Mouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to go see Mickey Mouse or do you want to go see an alien? I would want to well, go hang see on Mickey Mouse personally. The, the, but... the hotel is not necessarily going to have aliens there, is it? But how do we know? What if there's some alien on some planet and he's just a poor little male alien, he can't get a job, and he thinks, hey, maybe I can go be a cleaner at that new hotel they're opening just down there by Earth. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about ways to get off the planet as well. And have you ever heard of the space elevator? No. Right, so Arthur C. Clarke, in his novel, I think it was The Fountains of Paradise. Ooh, yeah, turn me on with all this technical... Uh literary info yeah it's written on this bit of paper right here oh <laughs> who wrote it <laughs> it was arthur c Clarke in his novel the fountains of paradise he built a tower that was so tall well not he but the the characters built a tower that was so tall <laughs> that it reached space and it was called the space elevator right can you imagine getting caught in that lift yeah Gee. what if it stopped working i can't see the engineers you know coming out and fixing that too quick <laughs> you know sorry mate it's the weekend can't do it today uh could possibly pop around monday yeah <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah and then of course they're gonna get there and they go wow it's gonna cost <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i haven't got a part for that on the van mate um <laughs> yeah. i gotta go order the part <laughs> yeah i gotta go order the part yeah yeah, just t take the brakes off. It'll come down in its own time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, he built this space elevator. People have actually taken that seriously since that book, you know, and there's people that have even patented the idea of having a space elevator. But the only problem is, is obviously the Earth spin, so it's subject to various forces and everything as well, and then you've got wind and everything else. And there is nothing at the moment that will be able to support the weight, no known material to be able to support the weight and counterbalance the weight that would be required to create an elevator up into space now the idea of it being up into space doesn't mean to say it's going to go to a planet or whatever it just literally means it's going to come up and out of our atmosphere wouldn't okay? it kind of get burnt up anyhow well no i don't exactly know how the forces work up there but theoretically it's possible the only thing that's stopping us is is the structure itself so they've decided now that that isn't possible at the moment but what possibly is possible possibly is a space hook so the idea of this is is that you would say for instance you wanted to get to the moon you would build a structure on the moon, which isn't subject to gravity and all the rest of it, okay? You'd build a structure on the moon, and then you would essentially put a wire or that type of idea from the moon towards Earth, and it would sit in geosynchronous orbit with our Earth, okay? So just like we've got Sky TV, haven't we? And our satellite dishes point in the same location, and that's because we've got a geosynchronous satellite, so that's a satellite that more or less stays in the same part of the sky and therefore rotates 
at the, at the same motion as the Earth, so it always looks like it's in the same place, yeah? So this sky hook would stay in geosynchronous orbit with the Earth, and then all we would need to do is come up and then grab onto this sky hook and then, like, zip wire, you know, like yeah, we did that yeah, zip wire? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Down to the moon. How cool is that? Wouldn't we be going up to the moon? Well, no, once you get out of the atmosphere, it's not necessarily up, down, back and forward, is it? Because it's all 3D. It's all, yeah? So it's well, not necessarily up. It's up. When we look up into the sky, now it's up. But when we're out of our atmosphere, it could be left. Yeah. Well, look, I'm too scared to go on a cruise ship. So I do not think I would be taking a hook or anything else to get to anywhere my feet aren't able to touch the ground on. Hey, we went on the fastest and longest zip line in, in the, the world. world. Yay! Yeah, and for those guys who want to see it, head along to our Facebook page and you can see it there. It's on there where you can see us at this event. Shit in our pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good fun though. Yeah, but when we were going up the, taking that little truck thingy up to the top. The little truck thingy. The tires of this little truck thingy were bigger than our car. Okay, but it took a long freaking time to get up there. And the longer yeah, it, took it was Yeah, 20 taken, minutes to get up to the top. Oh my gosh, I thought I was going to have a heart attack and die, but. <laughs> yeah, I did make sure your insurance was paid before we went. Nice. Was yours? Ah, don't worry about that, I'm fine. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. So, the news. Let's move on to a little bit of news. So, let me tell you something. I have heard something that is going to make your blood boil. Okay. Now, I'm not going to say where this happened. I'm not going to say who it happened to. In fact, the only thing that was actually mentioned in the news report was patient A. Okay, so we're going to call this patient, patient A. Okay, so this lady who we are calling patient A goes to the hospital for a procedure on her lady bits. All right. While she is laying down, conscious, being examined or having this procedure carried out, the nurse grabs hold of... Grabs hold of sounds a little bit aggressive. <laughs> Not necessarily grabs hold of, but touches her labia both sides and uses her lady bits as a puppet and says... Hello, my name is Patient A. Nuh-uh. I am telling you. No way. I am telling you. It is going Nuh. through uh, it is going uh. through court now. I'm not going to say where or whatever. Oh, now, my God. Now, part of me, when I first heard this, sort of smiled and thought, this is absolutely ridiculous, right? And a little bit funny. Now... Having found out what I found out since, it's not funny at all. Because I said the nurse. What I should have said was Did you the, say the nurse? male nurse. I said the nurse made it do it. But it was a male nurse that did this. And it was a woman. No, duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. That was from a nurse who doesn't realise... That the labia is part of the female's body. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, okay, no, that's horrible. That is horrible. It is. And it's now, not funny. Could, what do you reckon my reaction would have been if you'd have come back and told me someone did that to you or did it to my daughters or my granddaughter or my mother? What do you think my reaction would have been? There'd be one less nurse in the world. 
I cannot believe that this nurse was even in that job to start with to do something like that. No, and it makes you wonder, like, did he do that to other people? Yeah. You know? Just a total lack of respect for, for that woman. And, I mean, the thing is, when women go there, because you know, I'm a woman, I get really? it. Really? You know, you're going there sometimes. I want sometime. my money back. <laughs> you're going, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> go on. Does someone know about you? <laughs> you know, you're going there because you're scared there could be something wrong. And a lot of women are very self-conscious about what they got down there anyway. I mean, you, you can't exactly see it all that well. Right, and so you go there, you're scared, and then somebody does that to you. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know, obviously, his side of the story. You know, he I'm may sorry, say... I'm sorry, but there is no side of that story. Well, that, no, that... but he may say that she was really nervous and he was trying to lighten the mood or whatever, but, I mean, there are other ways to do it. I mean, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to have my colonoscopy again, right? Mm-hmm. My ass talks to them whether they manipulate it or not during that <laughs> procedure. And that yeah. is embarrassing. But it's okay for you to say that. You wouldn't want somebody that's there going, geez, you know, like your butt's talking an awful lot. Yeah, well, when they pull it out afterwards and I'm still full of air, <laughs> I don't want them to sort of grab hold of both cheeks and go... Like a balloon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I go flying through the, through the flipping thing, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, anyway, I just thought you'd find that interesting because being a nurse yourself... That is not funny. No, I said interesting, not funny. It's not funny at all. Yeah, no, it's not funny. Okay, we're going to have a little break now. But when we have this break, what we're actually going to do is I'm going to play you something that I've been requested to include on this show several times. And that is going back when my children were young. So I think my youngest daughter who is now 20 was probably about four at the time so this is a good 16 years ago I used to run an internet radio station and me and a friend of mine used to do this internet radio station together and we used to do live on air what we would call in the UK wind-ups or practical jokes on people and this is a recording of me Call in, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but call in a well-known motor insurance company as a lady. Hey there. Um, I'd, I'd like a motor insurance quote, please. Gents, I quote you in your name. Yes, it will be, yeah. Thank you. Take your surname, please. Uh, Stokes. And your first name? Uh, Abigail. And your date of birth? 28th of the 4th, 1948. Is that Miss, Mrs or Ms? It's Mrs. And what's the postcode of your address? Uh, CF1 2DA. Do you do quotes on Ferrari testosterones? Hello? Uh, yeah, hi there. Hi. Do you uh, do Ferrari, yeah. Yeah, good, okay. Yeah, just please hold for a second. Okay. At this point, I'm on the hold for about 30 seconds. Hi there, sorry, can you just confirm your postcode again for me, please? Yeah, CF1, mm-hmm. 2DA. 2DA. 2D for duck, A for Abigail. Okay, so it's CF1, like what was the number again you actually saw? I just never heard that. Pardon? The, the number in the postcode, CF1. 2DA. 2DA. 
Yeah. And what's your house number? Number one. Okay, someone just confirmed postcode. It's C for Charlie, F for Fox, shot one. Yeah. Two, D for Delta, A for Alpha. Yeah. Can't you get me up? Nothing's coming up for that, no. And it's definitely house number one, yeah? Yeah. Hang on, That's in. funny. Yeah. And can you take a telephone number down, please? Yeah, I'm actually in London at the moment, but I'm going to be moving to um, Cardiff, which is why I need the, the thing there. I'm sure that's the postcode, though. But you see, I'm buying the car for my son, you see, because uh, he likes the testosterone model. Uh -huh. Yeah. Try and get a postcode because nothing's coming up for it. It says that house number one doesn't exist in that postcode right. address. Well, what do they start the street at then for? I don't know. It, it don't tell me. Oh, right. It's definitely number one though because I saw it on the door. Okay, so what is the address then? Um, number what, one. What's the full address of the house? Sorry? What's the full address of the house? Um, number one, Panath Road in Cardiff. Okay. Um, if Tell just now, if you give me your postcode for London, I'll put that one through. Oh, I don't know that. I'm crap with postcodes. But it's for my son anyway, you see, and he's in Cardiff, so there's no point insuring it for me in London, is there? Yeah. Mm. You've been working there long? I'm just trying to sort of say, just because my postcode wouldn't read an address. Um... Oh, right. Yeah, he's only got a few convictions. How many has he got? Sorry? How many? What? Um, he's got eight points. Uh, what for? What kind of offences was it that it happened? The last one was a hit and run. How old is your son? Um, he's 17. 17? Yeah, but the blood... Um, if you want to drive a Ferrari, um, we don't cover anyone until they're 25 to be able to be sure to drive a Ferrari. Oh, right, well, the bloke that he hit left. But we weren't able to cover him because oh. he had to be at least 25 to be able to drive for daddy. Oh, right, I see. Okay, then, thank you. And bye. Bye. Did you like that Ferrari testosterone? Yes, I did. I heard it years ago. I'm one of the people that wanted to put that on the show. So yeah. thank you for, you know, finally listening to me. Yeah, that's okay. No problem. Anytime. Doing something that I would like for you to do. We have an announcement to make. Burr, burr, burr. Oh, impressive. <laughs> that was from our new sound effects from our new studio that we got lined up. <laughs> so, uh, I couldn't do a drum roll, so. No, no, I could have done that, but I'm not switching all that on now. Anyway, so the winner of the Haunted Yorkshire book by Nick Tyler is... Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> Richard Bryce. Thank you very much, Richard. So, Richard won this by liking our Facebook page and getting in touch with us. So, thank you very, very much. Thank you to everybody who got in touch. We'll be running other competitions and that in the future anyway. We've got some lined up, hopefully, for around Christmas time, but we will let you know more about that as the time goes on. 
But Richard, we will get in touch with you. We will find out about your address and where to send the book to, and we will get that on its way to you. Thank you very much for your participation. A little bit of a coincidence, his surname is Bryce. I know, how weird is that? <laughs> it is weird. Anyway, thank you very much, and... On with the show. So, okay, I'm going to play you something now, because I've been looking at the idea of having a few little sound effects on our show to go along with some of the things that we do. And I've been looking at having like a little soundboard that we can just press the things when we're ready and it automatically shows up on the show. I'm going to play you a sound now and I want you to tell me what it is, okay? Okay. So this is one of the sounds. Have a listen to this. Okay, what's that? Horse and carriage. Horse and carriage. She's on it. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> okay. What is this then? If you get this, I'll do anything you want. Anything? Anything. Can I hear it repeated if I need to? Yep. Okay. What's that? Do, do Look, it one more time. Looks like I'm safe. Here we go. Oh, is it somebody? Is it somebody spinning like a prize wheel thingy? No. Is it? I'm going to tell you because you'll never get it. And then I won't have to do anything for you. Never get it. So you won't. You ain't never going to get it either. But yeah, continue. <laughs> it is... A face stretch um, for a cartoon, as if the face is stretching. They got some weird, weird stuff. Wait, on wait, there. wait. Okay, okay, okay. Do it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it now. It sounds like a fart to me. I was gonna say is this somebody running down the road farting, but I didn't think that would be appropriate yeah. on okay. our show. What's this one? <laughs> Somebody walking through leaves? Yeah. Footsteps on fallen leaves. Good one. Okay. So. Two out of three ain't bad. What is this? Uh, I don't even want to say what I think it could be, but because it's probably not. So I'm going to play it again at a slightly higher volume. We're going to do that again. <laughs> is it a dog licking itself nope a dog eating nope you'll never get it but imagine <laughs> if we then married it with this sound that's a dog that's a dog panting yeah but if we do them both together Oh my god, what is that? <laughs> well, that's the two together, right? But this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is apparently 
a carcass shake rib cage. What you mean something dead getting up and going like that? Well, I don't know. No. It's called. It's called <laughs> the the sound file is called carcass shake rib cage. But I'm sorry, the guy, and I assume it's a guy doing this, is having far too much fun doing this, and then I reckon is putting the sound file up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and calling it something totally different. And he's probably loving it, thinking, i got all these people downloading this thing, thinking that it's... This is in the horror section. Appropriate. Yeah. It, it sounds fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was my little sound file thing that I wanted to share with you. I've come across some interesting sound files. So I got an idea. We can have our little sound and try to get people to guess what it is. And if they guess correctly... They can win a prize. Yeah, okay. We'll figure something out. Leave that with us, guys. We'll try and sort something out. Cool. Okay, so I am going to talk about someone who died. And I know that sounds morbid and horrible and everything else, but it is not meant to be. Oh, no, because that always floats my boat. No, no, no. Seriously, this guy's name was Joseph A. Heller Jr., Now, I'm going to read you his obituary, and I'm going to read it to you because his family wanted this to go out to as many people as possible as a tribute to their father. Cool. All right? So it's going to be long, but just stick with me. Joe Heller made his last undignified and largely irreverent gesture on September 8th, 2019, signing off on a life, in his words, generally well-lived and with few regrets. When the doctors confronted his daughters with the news last week that your father is a very sick man, in unison, they replied, you have no idea. God thankfully broke the mold after Joe was born to the late Joseph Heller Sr. and Ruth Marion on January 24, 1937, in New Haven, Connecticut. Being born during the Depression shaped Joe's formulative years and resulted in a lifetime of frugality, hoarding, and cheap mischief, often at the expense of others. Being the eldest was a dubious task, but he was up for the challenge and led and tortured his siblings through a childhood of obnoxious pranks with his brother Bob generally serving as his wingman. Pat, Dick, and Kathy were often on the receiving end of such lessons as ding-dong dog shit, and thwarting lunch thieves with laxative lace chocolate cake and excrement meatloaf sandwiches. His mother was not immune to his pranks, as he named his first dog Fart. (laughs) So she would have to scream his name to come home if he wandered off. Joe started his long and illustrious career as a library assistant at Yale Law School Library alongside his father before hatching a plan with his lifelong buddies Roger Kaiser and Johnny Olson to join the Navy and see the world together. Their plot was thwarted and the three were split up when Joe pulled the long straw and was assigned to a coveted base in Bermuda where he joined the Seabees construction battalion and was appointed to the position of construction electrician's mate third class his service to the country and community didn't end after his honorable discharge joe was a town constable volunteer fireman and ambulance association member crosswalk guard public works snowplower and a proud member of the antique veterans organization joe was a self-taught chemist and worked at cheeseboro ponds where he developed one of their first cosmetic lines There, he met the love of his life, Irene, who was hoodwinked 
into thinking he was a charming individual with decorum. Boy, was she ever wrong. Joe embarrassed her daily with his mouth and choice of clothing. To this day, we do not understand how he convinced our mother, an exceedingly proper woman and a pillar in her church, to sew and create the colorful costumes and props which he used for his antics. Growing up in Joe's household was never dull. If the old adage of you only pull the hair of those you love holds true, his three daughters were well loved. Joe was a frequent customer of the girls' beauty shops, allowing them to do his hair and apply makeup liberally. He lovingly assembled doll furniture and built them a play kitchen and forts in the backyard. During their formulative years, Joe made sure that their moral fibers were enriched by both Archie Bunker and Betty Hill. We know Benny Hill here. When they began dating, Joe would greet their dates by first running their license plates and check in for bald tires. If their vehicle passed inspection, they were invited into the house where shotguns, harpoons, and sheep nutters were left clearly on display. Five. After retiring from running Bombacky Fuel, he was perhaps most well known for his roles at the Essex Town Dog Kitcher. He refused to put any of his prisoners down and would look for the perfect homes for them. One of them was a repeat offender who he named Asshole because no owner <laughs> would ever keep him for very long and because he was, in fact, an asshole. My dad would take his buddy on daily rides in his van and they'd roam around town with the breeze blowing through both of their fur. He never met a dog he didn't like. The same could not be said for the wannabe bluebloods, snoots, and summer barnacles that roamed around town. His words, not ours. Well, maybe not exactly his words, as those would have been much more colorful. Joe was a frequent shopper at the Essex Dump, and he left his family with a house full of crap, 300 pounds of birdseed and dead houseplants that they have no idea what to do with. If ever there was a treasure that he snatched out from under you, among the mounds of junk, please wait the appropriate amount of time to contact the family to claim your loot. We're available tomorrow. Joe was also a consummate napper. There wasn't a road, restaurant, or friend's house in Essex that he didn't fall asleep on or in. There wasn't an occasion too formal or an event too dour that Joe didn't interrupt with his apnea and voluminous snoring. Besides his beloved wife, Irene, and his brother, Bobby, Joe was predeceased by his pet fish, Jack, who we found in the freezer last week. What? Yeah, yeah he kept his dead fish in the freezer. Left to squabble over his vast fortune, real estate holdings, and treasures are his three daughters, Michelle Heller of Newton, Massachusetts, Lizette Heller of Ivoryton, Connecticut, and Monique Heller of Old Lyme, Connecticut. He relished his role as Papa and Grandpa Joe to Zachary Maxwell and Emily Bennett, Megan McKenzie and Ryan Korkic, and Giovanna and Mattia Parnoff, and hopes that he taught at least one of them to cuss properly. Left with decades of fond and colorful memories are his siblings, Pat Bernard of Madison, Richard Heller of Oxford, and Kathy Heller of Killingworth. Sisters-in-law Kathy McGowan of Niantic and Diane Breslin of Killingworth and 14 nieces and nephews. No flowers, please. The family is seeking donations to offset the expense of publishing an exceedingly long obituary, which would have really pissed Joe off. Seriously, 
What would have made him the happiest is for you to go have a cup of coffee with a friend and bullshit about his antics or, or play a harmless prank on some unsuspecting sap. If we still haven't dissuaded you and you feel compelled to waste your hard-earned money to honor his memory, donations may be sent to CB Memorial Scholarship Association, P.O. Box 667, Gulfport, Mississippi, 39502. A celebration of his life with Joe laid out in all his glory will be held on Thursday, September 12th at the Essex Fire Department, 11 Saybrook Road, from 4 to 7. A light dinner will be served as Joe felt no get-together was complete without food. None of his leftovers or kitchen concoctions will be pawned off on any unsuspecting guests. Feel free to be as late as you'd like, as Joe was never on time for anything because of the aforementioned napping habits. Joe despised formality and stuffiness and would be really ticked off if you showed up in a suit. Dress comfortably. The family encourages you to don the most inappropriate t-shirt that you are comfortable being seen in public with, as Joe often did. Everybody has a Joe story, and we'd love to hear them all. Joe faced his death and his mortality as he did with his life, face on, often telling us that when he dropped dead to dig a hole in the backyard and just roll him in, much to his disappointment, he will be properly interred with full military honors and maybe Jack the fish. Next to his wife on Friday, September 13th at 10 a.m. in Centerbrook Cemetery. The family is forever in debt to his neighbor, Barry Peterson, for all of his help in recent years. We couldn't have done it without you. Sorry, Mom. Lizette and I did the best we could to take care of him and keep him out of your hair as long as we could. Back in your court now. <laughs> and it just occurred to me then, you said that was September the 13th that he was being buried. Yeah. That's Friday the 13th. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, anyway, it's kind of cool. I know it was long, sorry, but I just thought that it was really neat because so often, you know, you get these little blips of people and it, well, it really cool. doesn't tell you about them at all, does it? No, no, we got to learn a lot about him, definitely. Yeah, so... That's pretty cool. Definitely. So, I have an idea, which I'm going to run by you, Bella... And I want our lovely listeners to get involved with this if you think that it's worth doing. All we right. are looking at some point to start getting some merchandising done. And also, we want to kind of jazz up our website a little bit with a few other images and a few other little things. And one of the things occurred to me, our alien friend on our logo hasn't got a name. Paul the Second. No, we can't call him Paul. Oh, but right? he does look no. like he's related. I know, but all we're not right, calling him right. Paul. I know, so I know. what we want from you guys is suggestions about what we're going to call our alien friend on our logo. Now, if you're listening to our podcast via a podcatcher that is still using our old logo, that's the one where you see the sky with the angel in the sky and like a desert sort of scene. If you're still seeing that, Change your podcatcher because they're using our old logo and they obviously don't update it very regularly. Or they could just go to our website 
or you go to our website www.wearewackywonderful.co.uk and you can have a look at the logo there yourself okay have a look at it let us know what you think our alien should be called and incidentally i don't even know whether it's a male it could be a female alien i mean bella mm. only ever gets seen in jeans and a t-shirt She's wearing jeans and a t-shirt now. In fact, the same colour t-shirt as our alien is wearing on his logo at the moment. So, And I don't even have a bra on and neither does he. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I've got to tell them this, by the way. I'm sorry, Bella. I've got to tell them this. Bella came home from work the other day. No, 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 no. Nope, nope, nope. Bella came in from work the other day and she... Took her bra off the way that <laughs> women do. I don't know how you can do that. They suddenly it comes out of your sleeve. And it's like, what the hell? If I could do that with my underwear, that would be awesome. And just pull it out through one trouser leg. That would be great. Do you really need to do this? D- anyway. I mean, do don't I just, have nothing listen. that is sacred in my life? Listen, right? This this happens, uh, right? I'm in the kitchen cooking, as normal. And, fuck off. And... <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see out the corner of my eye, she's pulled her bra through her sleeve, and I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough, you know. I mean, we've been married, goodness knows how many years. It's not like you can't <laughs> take your bra off under your shirt in front of me. Oh, my God. But then she lifts her shirt. I've got my back to her, so Hold I don't on. see you this. you got to understand why wait, 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 I lifted wait, 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 my wait, shirt, there. though. All right, go on in. I lifted my shirt to, you know, air out the sisters a little. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that's what I, was, I was just going to say that. All right, so I have my back to her, so I wasn't watching this, but she got her sisters out and and aired them, <laughs> right, at exactly the same point as Bryce walked into the kitchen. <laughs> and he just went, oh, my God. No, 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 that's not what happened. He went, nice. Oh, yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. He went, nice. And then this morning, Bella got up out of bed and she sat on the side of the bed just with, with nothing on her top. And Bryce walked out of his bedroom. <laughs> he walked past our door and saw her and went, why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> yeah, never mind that it's happening to me. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, guys. There's a little a little uh, looking glass into our house at the moment. <laughs> Poor old Bryce. And he's got a stinking cold as well. Doesn't feel very well this morning. <laughs> and he was met by your jubblies first thing in the morning. <laughs> anyway, so yes. <laughs> okay. See, your boobies are famous now. <laughs> so, <laughs> have a sip of drink, for goodness sake. Get your control of yourself. Anyway. So, guys, yeah, if you do have any suggestions for the name of our little alien friend there, if you could send them to mail at weirdwackywonderful.co.uk, you can also send us a message via Facebook. We are Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories Podcast on Facebook, so if you want to look us up on there, you can. And all you've got to do is friend us or whatever, and you can also send messages to us on that via Messenger. I'm on Messenger on there, so if you want to send messages with any ideas, then you can there as well. Anything to do with messages. <laughs> What? <laughs> I can't wait for you to hear how many times you said messages just then. Really? Yeah. All right. So, guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show. It's a little bit different from the norm. But if you did, make sure you let us know via a message. <laughs>
Anyway, guys, take it easy and we'll see you again next time. And don't forget to stay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't we... forget to stay. <laughs> Fucking I'll say it then. <laughs> Weird, wacky, wacky and, and wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> see you, guys. <laughs>